Hey, Fellowship Asheville, thanks for joining us for uh, our ConvoCast, where um, we are introducing you to the people that uh, connected to Fellowship Asheville that God is working in and through. And, and uh, in season three, we're introducing you to those uh, people, missions, missionaries, organizations that we support so that you can get to know them. And, and today uh, I am talking to Kari Spear, who uh, some of you will know, um, many of you will know her husband who leads worship uh, for sometimes Cam. And so, so Kari, uh, and Hey, um, hi, hi, fellowship. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about who you are to those who are watching and listening. Yeah, well, thank you, Fred. Um, I, yeah, like like you said, my name is Kari, Kari Spear, and I work with Youth with a Mission. I'm originally from the Pacific Northwest, or I should say the Pacific North Best, as we... <laughs> like to claim. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. yes. And then I married a Southerner and followed him down here. And I actually like it down here a lot better. Um, we have two kiddos. We've got a boy who's about to turn six and a one-year-old daughter and yeah, just love this city, love this church. And I love this community. It's a That's little bit about well, me. What is um, something most people don't know about you? You kind of touched on it already that I'm camping wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> Most people know who Cam is. Yes. I am not quite as visible. Um, right. So yeah, I think a lot of people, when they meet me, they're like, oh, the guy with the beard, the guitar, the plaid shirt. Yes. Okay. We know him. Yeah. Yes. The plaid so. shirt, which you just <laughs> described shirt. every worship leader. That's true. Uh, under the That's age true. of 40. Yeah. Yes. And some over the age of 40. Yes. yes. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's a little, a little known secret about me is that I'm the other half. Nice, nice, nice. Okay. So this is a little off topic. How did, okay. How did you and Cam meet? Because if, if you are from the Pacific North best, as they like to call it, you know, I know he went to App State. He's, he's a Southern boy. How did those paths cross? Yeah. So like I said, I work with Youth of the Mission and we actually uh-huh. met, it's YWAM for short, we met as YWAM students, peers in Montana. Mm-hmm. So he left North Carolina and came to Montana. I left Oregon and we met in Montana as peers in a school of biblical studies, which is a okay. nine month Bible course. So we met as peers there and oh. I couldn't keep him away from me. <laughs> how did okay so how did a a pacific northwest girl though Mm -hmm. fall for a southern jock not easily (laughs) (laughs) i i'll tell him i'll tell him this to his face like not my type just not my type um but yeah after he he just pursued me um, really well. I think I just saw the man that he was and the more I got to see the character and just the valor that, that just kind of exudes from him. Mm-hmm. Um, even back then I was like, well, it's probably time to start dating a man, you know? Yeah. So, what a great word for him. Valor. Yeah. 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 That is a great word for him. Oh, he'll be glad yeah. to hear you say that. I'll tell him. Yeah. To say that. Oh yeah. 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 yeah get a t-shirt um uh but yeah that is a great word for him good mm-hmm. word yeah. um well how did you come to know jesus it's a great that's my favorite question 
That's a great conversation mm-hmm. to have. Um, so I was raised Christian. Um, my parents have raised me really, um, in a, just a really humble position before truth. Just my parents just always created a space for there to be conversations around what is truth, who is God. Um, so I grew up going to church, grew up going to Christian school. Um, but I think at a pretty young age, I probably entered what I would call a dark night of the soul or skeptics Valley or whatever you want to call it, Mm. where I just, I saw the life of a, of a American evangelical and I saw Jesus of scripture and I saw what was happening around the world and it just didn't add up. And I didn't Mm. feel like I had um, the tools that I needed or the input that I needed to answer those questions Mm. um, about hell, about why do bad things happen to good people um, just the economy of the gospel. Um, so through high school, I would say I, I drifted away. I didn't fall into like grievous sin or anything. I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't honestly say that this made sense, that the gospel made mm. sense, that Jesus made sense. Um, and I remember graduating high school, <clears throat> you know, getting asked the question, what do you want to do? You know, the, all the questions that are facing an 18 year old about to graduate, And I was like, I can't, I can't honestly, I can't be honest with myself and choose some kind of career path or um, educational track without really figuring out what I believe about God first. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had heard about youth with a mission, YWAM and these programs that they run. And so it was kind of my last ditch effort to really let God prove himself to me, which is a really great heart posture to have. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> but he's still, he's still faithful. He's still he faithful. did it. He did it. Yeah. So, um, during my time as a student in YWAM, I remember just wrestling. One thing I love about YWAM is just the, um, the space that it offers its students to really wrestle honestly. And as one of those wrestling students, I remember just looking up at the stars in Montana, looking at the night sky and just kind of giving up in sense of like relinquishing my questions to God. I I was finally kind of at my wits end and I was seeing all these young people around me having encounters with God, experiencing the love of God. And I just wasn't, Mm. Um, but I was like, I don't, what I said to the Lord that night was no matter what even if you never answer my questions, I'm going to follow you, even if it never gets easier. And I felt pretty clearly that night that the Lord said, I'm going to follow you no matter what too. And Mm. so even though I grew up Christian and I had, you know, all this really great Christian influence and education, I I consider that night uh, in Montana, looking up at the stars, kind of the moment that I chose God. Mm. And Mm. I, I recognized that he had already chosen me. So Mm. Yeah. Relinquishing my questions to him and saying, even if, even if the gospel never hits me, like it seems like it's hitting everyone else around me intellectually, Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep choosing you. And ever since then, he's been so faithful to continue to meet me and my questions and to continue to answer. And, um, that kind of has been the hallmark of our relationship is him just being faithful to appease my curiosity no matter how mm. weird it is. 
Okay, so two things come to mind. One, that is a great way to phrase that, to appease my curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like, like questions of God um, don't have to be bad. No. Right? Like, I mean... like sometimes people feel like, gosh, if I question this, it's bad. Mm-hmm. And it could be curiosity and, and kind of lead you deeper into the character of God than, mm-hmm. than turn it away. What a great way yeah. To, yeah. To, to phrase that. I think um, especially right now during this cultural um, kind of frenzy that the church is in when it comes to deconstruction, yeah, I think there's a really healthy distinction to be made. Like we, the church has never asked, asked us to not ask questions. Mm-hmm. You know, it's been with the, I think it has so much to do with the heart posture and you can ask questions with hurt and you can ask questions with baggage, but is your heart positioned in a place that's still willing to acknowledge that you are not God and that, that there's, that there's someone out there who has the answers and it's not someone that's a human, you know? Right. 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 Um, and what I also love about that too, is it shows your journey of faith. Um, that it's really, um, it's, it's, you know, you had that, that, that night or, or, or moment in Montana, but you also had this whole journey before it and this whole journey mm-hmm. after it, that that's all woven together and, and how God was, was masterful in all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and, and even as you shared, you know, um, you know, that the whole idea of God and you being connected. I, I was, I was talking to a guy uh, who had come to know Jesus. And when he came to know Jesus, he, his comment, and it's just, I, I just, it floored me because he's like, I, I now realize Jesus has been with me my whole life. And I kept bumping into him and didn't know it was him. Mm-hmm. And it was like to share the gospel with him made it all kind of connect to, Oh, that was God. Oh, that was God. Oh, that was God. Um, and it's just such this beautiful display of, of, you know, what we might think is a decision is actually a journey. Um, Mm -hmm. and, and so, so, so with that, have you, so after that moment in Montana where there was this, it almost sounds like an old Testament covenantal type night, you know, for you, you know? Yeah. It was Um, an Ebenezer moment for me. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Was, was have you had to go back to that moment um, in times of questioning and Mm -hmm. be like, no, this is, this is real. That was real. This is real. That's a really fascinating question. Um, I think not in the sense of the desperation that that moment held for Mm -hmm. me. Uh Um, Pretty soon after that moment, the Lord revealed himself in some pretty substantial ways to where like, Mm -hmm. I feel like some of the heavy hitting questions were answered. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, okay. But especially in terms of just what it means to be a Christian or what it means to follow orthodoxy or what it means to um, carry opinions that the world hates, you know, mm. I think there's been a lot of moments where that decision kind of that cut and dry, even though this doesn't feel good, this is what I'm doing. That's mm-hmm. definitely been, yeah, a theme, I think probably of any Christian's life, if they're being yeah. honest, but, but definitely I'm able to say like, 
yeah, that's a statement that I've made to him over and over, even if it hasn't felt the same. Mm, um, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, in terms of just hard topics, being able to be um, present with complexity of situations or relationships or mm-hmm. um, things are happening culturally, but just saying like, even though this makes sense to my human brain, I'm going to stick with what you're saying, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. being able to choose God's way yeah. um, for lack of a better term. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Well, thanks for sharing all that. That that's mm-hmm. I think super helpful and and um, um, and hopefully good for our people to hear that too as they kind of kind of process their journey of faith. Mm-hmm. So you, you talked about YWAM. Tell us what YWAM is, what you do there, because um, I know it's kind of a multi-layered layered may not be the right word, but it's an organization with lots of arms. Yeah, it's diverse for sure. Um, so yeah. YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission. It was founded in 1960. Um, the vision of the, the founder um, who's still alive was just that he, he saw this need for missions to change. Um, I think back, back, I wasn't there. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah. I, from what I hear, it was, it was a time for men who had been through lots of training, lots of seminary to pack their stuff up in a coffin and get shipped off to a country for, you know, until I got cholera and died. And that's Mm -hmm. what missions looked like. Um, And, and Lauren Cunningham, the founder had this vision of young people, very little training, very little credibility in the world world's sense, um, just crashing on the nations of the planet, like waves. He just had this Mm -hmm. vision. Um, And so since then he has been, he, um, and he was kind of running around this kind of conversation at the same time as Bill Bright, the founder mm-hmm. of Campus Crusade or Crew mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. And so they had this really like-minded passion for young people to be really used in the Great Commission. Um, and so Youth with a Mission's kind of tagline or um, vision statement is to know God and make him known, mm-hmm. period. And so we use people that the world probably wouldn't choose. We use a lot of 18 year, 18 year olds, fresh out of high school, like I was, um, who basically just know that God speaks and that he's worth obeying period. Mm -hmm. And, um, we feel like that's enough to make a missionary. And so we, um, are now in over 1200 locations across the world. It's hard to know because so many of their, um, so many mm-hmm. of the locations are in closed nations, mm-hmm. but at least 1200, um, 20,000 plus full-time missionaries. Um, and then I think we process and send out about 25,000 short-term missionaries a year, um, give or take. Yeah. So it's a really large, some have said the largest mission sending, um, mm-hmm. organization. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but it's a, it's huge and, um, we're everywhere. <laughs> and, yeah. um, so that's, that's the global sense of, but here okay. in Asheville, um, so every YWAM location is a little different. Um, they have different passions, different talents, different things that they feel like the Lord has asked them to do here in Asheville. We are passionate about the people on the street of our city. Mm-hmm. Um, we're passionate about the nomads, the hippies that kind of fluctuate in and out of Asheville in the summer months. 
we're passionate about ending Bible illiteracy um, when it comes to Gen Z and millennials and them actually knowing what's in that book. Um, and we're passionate about trafficking victims and preventing um, human trafficking here in Asheville, but also all over the globe. And the trafficking piece, um, our answer to that is called the Reshma Project. And the Reshma Project seeks to connect sponsors to women who are either at risk or have been trafficked um, and partner with them as they're walking into freedom and restoration from that. So that's a, just a snapshot of, of yeah. who we are. Um, one area that I didn't mention about, you know, an international sense of who YWAM is, is um, what's called the seven spheres. And Bill Bright of Crew also had the same kind of uh, idea that there are basically seven spheres of any society that you can boil them down to. And I wrote them down because I always forget them. It's um, family economics, government, religion, education, media, and celebration. And celebration is just like arts and entertainment and sports. Okay. But basically there's these seven categories that you can boil all of society into. And YWAM is passionate, yes, about sending full-time classic missionaries into the nations, but we're also passionate about training missionally minded everyday individuals and sending mm -hmm. them into the workforce, into those seven mm -hmm. spheres. So having a government official who's doing government as their mission field or a, you know, a plumber yeah. who's doing plumbing as a mission. Um, so that's part of what I really love about YWAM is that it's not just, it's not putting missions into a category of, you know, um, yeah, people going to another place to mm -hmm. people that look different than them and eating weird food. It can just right. be, no, I'm actually deciding to make my career of choice that I have a degree for my mission field. Yeah. Yeah. Which opens up for so many more people because very few people are called mm -hmm. to, to, yeah. to move overseas and, and dedicate their life to a particular people group, but, right. but everybody's got to work, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, so to, to see their profession as a calling, yeah. um, is a, and as a mission field, man, that, that, that opens it up to everybody. Mm -hmm. What, um, what is your role there at YWAM? What do you do? Yeah. So you probably understand this in ministry, many hats, we all do mm -hmm. lots of different things. So there's probably not anything that I haven't done a little of when it comes to YWAM, but right. my usual hats are media website, um, everything online presence, social media, whether it's our website or having a good relationship with Google and, um, all of that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> but also I get to staff our discipleship training schools and our leadership training schools. Um, so I get to walk with girls one-on-one -on -one in a discipleship sense as they're going through the program. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and sometimes I get to teach, um, in those programs. And so those, those are my two main roles. Yeah. So the YWAM, you'll call it a base here, right? The YWAM mm -hmm. base. Is that yeah. what you call it? So the YWAM base here, um, uh, what is the, the flow of life for that YWAM base? Cause I know y'all do like a discipleship school. I think it's what you call it. Like, mm -hmm. like explain to people what it looks like yeah. here. Yeah. So when we have a program running, a discipleship training school, a DTS is essentially yeah. the kind of like the prerequisite program that every YWAMer has to go through. Mm -hmm. So it's 
you know, every long-term YWAMR you meet has done a DTS and that was the beginning of their journey. Um, a DTS is a five or six month training school and it has uh, two or three months of lecture style learning environment and then two or three months of, of outreach, usually internationally, usually in a different location than um, lecture phase was. But mm-hmm. of course, COVID made that interesting. So sure. a lot sure. of people sure. haven't been going um, yeah. as far as they would have. But um, so currently our DTS students that we are about to graduate are in Africa. There's one team in Tanzania and one team in South Africa and they come back in a couple of weeks and we'll graduate. So, oh, wow. yeah, so that the flow of that is that they're in lecture while they're here in Asheville, they're mm-hmm. in lecture here in our classroom space, um, learning things like how to hear the voice of God, which is just such a basic tenant to our faith, mm-hmm. but also so mind blowing. Like mm-hmm. I, I remember, like I said, growing up a Christian and then actually acknowledging that like God wanted to say something to me, mm-hmm. you know, for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that that's really, mm-hmm. I mean, mind blowing, um, learning how to hear the voice of God or recognize the voice of God re- rather, um, what he's like, uh, Bible overview, um, learning about different types of evangelism and worldview, um, cultural integration, like being, uh, educated about the culture that they're going to on outreach, um, mm-hmm. healthy relationships, Christ-like relationships, marriage, friendships, reconciliation, healing, all these really wonderful wow. topics. Yeah. Um, and it's just jam packed into two or three months. Um, while, while they're here at, um, at YOM Asheville, again, every base is different. Mm-hmm. We're also taking them on the streets and doing ministry. We're teaching them how to hear God's voice in real time and um, pray with people on the street. Um, they're doing some work with the Reishman Project, working with people who have been trafficked. Um, mm-hmm. So we try to incorporate as much local ministry in those months as possible also. And then they wow. go on um, an international outreach and it looks totally different. That <laughs> is they a get lot. To- yeah, they get to apply all this amazing yeah. knowledge and breakthrough that they've had um, while they're getting their minds blown by another yeah. culture. And yeah, it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty life-changing. Yeah. I, I, I mean, from an outsider who hasn't been through YWAM, I've just really been introduced to it here in Asheville. Like I had heard about it, particularly when I was doing missions work, I'd heard about mm-hmm. it, uh, but just wasn't super familiar with it and then got familiar with it here. I love YWAM. And I love what y'all do. Um, I love the emphasis on taking young people and introducing them to a full life with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, um, It's just, it's, it's beautiful. I love the work that y'all do. So in doing that work, what does, uh, what brings you your greatest joy in doing this? Yeah, I think um, the payday for me Mm-hmm. is when I see something click for a student, maybe it's that they finally realize how loved they are or when they finally realize that that trauma that they've been carrying around isn't their fault and that God wants to mm-hmm. speak to that memory. Um, mm-hmm. In the discipleship training schools, I get to do Bible overview with the students and take them from Genesis until today. And l- like seeing them connect the dots that it wasn't a bunch of random Sunday school stories um, 
and, and then get to see God's heart for humanity throughout time, just seeing those dots connect. That's, yeah. that brings me so much life and that brings me so much joy. Um, yeah, yeah. You, you are a teacher at heart. You, you have taught me and, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's really cool. Like that does not surprise me at all, that that's what you love mm. to see your paydays, those light bulbs going off. What, yeah. yeah, when, when you're having a bad day in ministry, we all have those. Mm-hmm. Um, what gets you through? What helps you get through a bad day? Like what, mm-hmm. yeah, what makes it a bad day and what helps you get through? Yeah. Um, I would say probably when that fruit isn't visible that you've been mm-hmm. working for, I think it's in the season where I'm in right now, um, when we're doing ministry on the streets of Asheville, it's, it's pretty tough terrain these days, mm-hmm. <laughs> the yeah. people yeah. that are available just to talk to just, it's, it's a really kind of sad situation on the streets of Asheville right now. And so I think, mm-hmm. Um, when you don't have the conversations that you want to have, or someone's not receptive to the gospel, or they're not even receptive to a cup of coffee, that's really hard. Um, or when you see a student just not getting it and they're just kind of floundering, that's, that makes for a hard day. And I think what helps me is just to remember what's my portion. Um, what is God asking me to do? It comes down again to hearing his voice and being obedient to it, because if he's not asking me to do something, I don't need to pick up that, that yoke. I don't need to pick up a weight that he's not asking me to carry. Um, so remembering the portion that he's asked me to carry that very specific, all right, Lord, what is it in this day, in this moment, in this relationship or this situation that you are assigning me and what are you not assigning me? And I can let Mm. that go. That, that is a great question. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Lord, what is mine to carry yeah. with you? And what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, that's great. I hope, I hope mm-hmm. people heard that and take note yeah. on that because that's true for any workplace, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like any, any workplace, there's stuff that could be thrown at you. That's not yours to carry. Just life um, in general, just life in general. Yeah. yeah. Marriages, th- kids. Yeah. And the, and the yoke that Jesus offers us. Mm-hmm. It, it's not rational because our, right. our brains want to see when we see an issue, we want to be a part of the solution. And sometimes he's not mm-hmm. asking us to be, and that mm-hmm. goes against our fix it nature. Yeah. You know, I, I remember yeah. seeing um, in India, uh, the um, cement barrier between two lanes of a high, or the opposite directions of traffic on a highway, the barrier, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A woman in India had made that cement barrier her home, um, three lanes of traffic each direction, and her naked baby and her were just sleeping on. The, and and the sun was coming up. It was the middle of you know probably, it was probably Mumbai or something. Four a.m. Mumbai. The sun was coming mm-hmm. up, and I just from this this image is simmered in my head of this naked child and this woman living in the middle of a highway in Mumbai, mm. and. I don't know that we're built, we're not built to carry that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that, so it's, it's moments like that where I'm like, I feel so insignificant and so unable to help that, mm-hmm. you know? And I just have to remember that in this moment, the Lord's not asking me to have a solution to that. Mm-hmm. He's, he's asking he's So what, what has he asked me to do? I just need to be obedient to, to that and let him carry 
that emotional weight for me. Not, not, you know, to discredit it or not acknowledge it, but I'm physically and emotionally unable to carry that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so good because in the world we live in today, we're bombarded with information all the time that Mm -hmm. we can't do anything about. Mm -hmm. Like we hear of tsunamis in, you know, countries we've never even heard of on islands we've never even heard of. And the news makes us feel like we're supposed to care. Mm-hmm. And, we and do something. Care. Yeah. And I had yeah. a friend of mine say, you know, you can carry, you can care for something without carrying it. Mm-hmm. And I oh, thought that good. was a great, and that wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. Jen, Jen, Jen Jet, that came from her. <laughs> um, uh, so, so it's, it's, it, it, which is true. Like I can care, but that doesn't mean I have to carry it. And, mm-hmm. um, um, uh, and that, that's helped me a lot. And it's the same type of deal. Like you see a site like that, like a woman living between, six lanes of busy traffic Mm -hmm. and you can't help but care but the wisdom of knowing I can't that's not my Mm -hmm. that's not my job God hasn't asked me to fix that yeah to be a part of fixing that Mm -hmm. that's great um so how have you seen growth in your own life in doing I would imagine there's been lots yeah yes as you've been doing this work yeah um this September will be 12 years of serving with YWAM. Um, wow. So it's been my So you've entire... been here almost as long as we've been here with Fellowship Asheville. Like we, when did you start? 2010. Um, 2010. Yeah. We yeah. started in 2008. So it's but we, we moved here in 13. Okay. So, um, but I mean, so it, it being pretty much my entire adult working life, I, there's mm-hmm. really no area that hasn't touched in terms of growth right. and maturing. And um, I think probably the most prominent ways is that it's it's given me a really clear picture of what Christ Christ like discipleship looks like mm-hmm. to really like hold people in a place of honor and choose long suffering commitment to individuals through however many ups and downs they have, you have, um, yeah, it's given me a framework for discipleship. Mm. Um, it's fostered a love for scripture. Um, like I, like I mentioned earlier, just creating a space to ask questions has created in return, a love for the Bible. Mm. Um, and I can attribute that to my Um, this, this tribe in particular, the YWAM tribe has a huge emphasis on doing things with excellence, um, Mm -hmm. as a way to kind of reflect the heart of God, um, and just the lavish love that he has for his people that he's not Mm -hmm. a stingy, you know, there's just a, a, an atmosphere of excellence that, that this space has. And, um, that has done tremendous amount of healing in my own heart. I think I tend to, whether it's a, trauma response or whatever version of Christianity I grew up with, I tend to lean more towards poverty mentality in terms of Mm. if I'm happy, I'm probably doing something wrong. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's kind of the, the brokenness that I lean into most of the time. Um, and I've learned to see Jesus as being, um, the root of joy here. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, joy is, is a, is a fruit of Jesus, not 
sin, you know? Yeah. 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 I've, I've struggled with that, that whole like scarcity mindset versus abundance Mm -hmm. mindset. And when Jesus said that he came to give life and give it abundantly, Mm -hmm. like, like I was, um, Biltmore State, one of my aunts was there from Missouri. Like I hadn't seen her in years and she called me and she said, Fred, I'm at the Biltmore. Come see me. So I I did. And so I was talking to her about that, you know, going through the house and stuff. And one of the things she said, you know, I said, you know, what was your favorite part? And she said, I felt most at home in the servants quarters. Wow. And and that's the way I know. And I have like, I Mm -hmm. get it because when I yeah. get down there, I'm like, this would be my people. My like, people. Mm-hmm. This, this is my people. <laughs> We're down here. And, but when she said it and she put into words, you know, stuff that I had felt, but hadn't actually put into words, mm-hmm. I was like, I wonder if that's part of that scarcity mindset in mm. me that, that I'm more comfortable being at the bottom and not in mm-hmm. like a, a, a good godly servant kind of way. Like it's a different feel. Like I'm more comfortable in poverty than I am in abundance Mm -hmm. and being in abundance scares me because I don't Mm -hmm. know what to do with it. And Mm -hmm. when Jesus said to come and live, you know, that he gives life abundantly, I'm like, I don't think I really know what that means. And I'm trying to, to grow in that. So Mm -hmm. what, what have, so, so you were talking about joy, like unpack that for me. What have you learned? Well, I think abundance is kind of key to it. Just, what is, what is my visceral response to the word abundance? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good indicator of where I'm at with the word joy, probably. Yeah. What's, um, what is your response to it? When, to the um, word it's getting better and I think it's getting healthier. Uh-huh. Uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> I think uh-huh. it's getting healed. Um, I, I would say that the enemy's plan for my life would have been to discredit it, to view it as over the top or as... Um, the Jesus that I grew up believing in, whether, again, I don't know what to attribute that to per se, was actually more John the Baptist. And I, mm. I mm. saw the rags and I saw the locusts and I saw the crazy desert dude. And I thought that's what I was supposed to be. Mm. The sacrifice, you know, or learning about Martin Luther um, of the Reformation, not doctor. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. And Martin Luther was like kind of, a, I went to a Lutheran school, like he was kind of like the dude for me mm-hmm. to model my mm-hmm. life around. And he was very depressed, you yes. know, incredible yeah. human, but just full of self-loathing and condemnation. And mm-hmm. so I think um, self-condemnation is kind of where I hang out if I'm not mm-hmm. doing well with the word abundance. And for me, abundance is actually acknowledging that that's not the thoughts I'm having about me or not the thoughts that God is having about me. Mm. Um, and actually acknowledging and dare I say, like agreeing with the statements mm-hmm. of how loved and how lovely and how beautiful and um, blessed and, you know, all the things that the father loves to speak over us. Yeah. It's really uncomfortable, not only to accept, but to agree with wholeheartedly. And so I think abundance and joy is found when we're able to like take a deep breath and actually agree with who our father Mm. says we are, you know? Yeah. That's so good. So uh, rich is the only word that comes to mind. Like, like, which (laughs) I guess is thematic. Yeah. yeah, Mm, That's rich. It is though. It is. I'm not sure what that means, rich, but I always take it to mean Mm. like, 
it's deep and good and hit, like mm-hmm. for me it's hitting this deep spot in my soul so mm-hmm. um so thank you yeah um, thank you for that thank you for that um uh to to carry on though because we don't want to keep people all day um um uh as you look ahead what do you hope happens in this ministry and with your ministry in particular within YWAM yeah um growth in terms of people um harvesters are they they have always been in scarcity you know and that Mm -hmm. hasn't changed Mm -hmm. um we need more workers we need more people especially we need gen z and millennials that are committed to a thing which is Mm -hmm. hard to find (laughs) right right um because we have so many dreams that the lord has placed in our heart not only for Asheville but for um for India, for just a lot of different places and a lot of different spheres of society that we have just aching dreams, but we don't have the manpower to accomplish it. So we need more people. We need more students. Um, Is there an age limit on students? um, All the only requirement is a high school diploma or equivalent if you're homeschooled or GED. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there an age limit on the upper end? Um, not in YWAM International. There are uh-huh. DTS or discipleship training schools for the kind of 40 and up demographic. Uh-huh. We don't uh-huh. offer those that program here okay. in Asheville, but they're mm-hmm. out there. That's called a Crossroads okay. DTS. Okay. Um, I think Montana is one of the places that offers those. Um, okay. But when it comes to the Reshma Project and um, the, the trafficking, anti-trafficking work that we do, we just... I think the dream is to have long-term workers um, in all the different areas that we're working. We have people in um, Mumbai, India, and in Middle East, North Africa to further safety. We're not revealing where exactly they're at, but we just need more long-term people on the ground who are invested in what the Lord is doing in those red light, red light areas. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, we just don't have the manpower. Um, I personally, my dream is to have, um, Bible training schools here in Asheville. Um, I, I'm just really upset with how the enemy has stolen the gift of scripture from mm. not just my generation. I just think the American church in general, it's so accessible, but it's so untouched and it's so misunderstood. Yeah. Um, so yeah, those are just, just some of the dreams that we have. So yeah to see those things come about. We just need more people. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, so if you're listening to this, those are certainly things you can pray for. Um, mm-hmm. um, um, and, you know, and maybe ask the question, what's your, what's your role to get involved? I, I, so mm-hmm. I have two more questions for you, but since the, you know, this kind of tags with it, if people do want to reach out to YWAM and either support yeah. or get involved or maybe get, you know, more specifics about prayer, mm-hmm. how, how could they do that? Yeah. So our website is ywamashville.org. If you want to know more about who we are locally, internationally, ywam.org has a ton of resources on things that are happening around the world, more of like who we are historically, vision, belief statements, all that good stuff. Um, And then if you want to reach me personally, my email is kspear, S-P-E-E-R at ywamashville.org. And, um, yeah, I would 
love to tell you all all the things about yeah. wildland. It's a yeah. lot. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Okay, so as we close down, uh, describe what Fellowship Asheville means to you in a word or a phrase. Yes, and I, I've told you this story, but for those who, who don't know the story, the way we came to Fellowship is really fun. Cam and I were doing um, some ministry with YWAM and we were down at Pritchard Park, downtown Asheville. And I was asking the Lord to show me who I was supposed to have a conversation with that day, hopefully to share the gospel with. And, um, he, I felt like he just said red hair. So I was looking for red hair, looking for red hair. The only redhead that day, uh, happened to be Taylor. I forget her last name. Do you remember her last name? Uh, yes. Taylor Pierce. Yes. Yes. She went to fellowship back in the day Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. here I was getting all revved up to share the gospel with her. She in turn, in turn invites us to fellowship and, Mm. um, cause we were church homeless at the time. And, um, we went and it was like almost, I don't remember the time frame, but it was quick, quick after our first visit to fellowship, the Lord spoke very clearly to Cam and I that fellowship would be a gift to us. So the one word that I would describe fellowship to us as would be gift. And it continues to be a mm. gift to us. There's no season of our life in the, I don't know, how many years have we been going? Mm. Probably seven or eight, seven, yeah, six or yeah. seven years. Yeah. Um, it has never not lived up to that word. It is continually a gift oh. to our family. Yeah. Well, praise the Lord. And what's interesting too is Pritchard Park is where God gave me the vision to start Fellowship Asheville. That place is uh, special. It, it is a special place. It is <laughs> yeah. a special place. Um, uh, well, Kari, thank you so much. As always, 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 it is a joy to, to talk with you. Um, and uh, church, if y- you made it this far, congratulations. Um, uh, if you would like to click like and subscribe, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening to podcasts, if you subscribe, then you'll always get notifications of when these come out. And uh, if you're on podcasts, it'll automatically put it into your library so you can just listen in to all of our podcast stuff. And, and uh, just so you know, too, in season three, as we share with you uh, the missions and missionaries and organizations that we support, um, uh, we've tried to do it every other week. You know, we took a break in December for Christmas um, because of scheduling issues with folks. Um, those may be a little bit more sporadic as we go. So if you've been waiting every other week on Monday for it, you, you know, just be patient with us. We'll get them out. All right. Uh, well, y'all, thanks for tuning in. I love you and I love being in the church with you and I'll see you soon. Bye y'all.